BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Ladies and gentlemen, we got big announcements, big returns, and a six-person match to declare a number one contender for the U.S. title. It's Monday Night Raw Wrestling Inc. after show, and it's Triple J bringing the heat as always. Justin LaVar, Jack Farmer, and Corduroy, Jimmy Corderis. Justin, how are you today? I'm feeling good. I'm excited. You know, we have, uh, we're a week away from a historic Raw. We're uh, just under two weeks away from a what's going to be a fascinating Royal Rumble on so many levels. The three of us will finish the night out there. That's going to be a fun Saturday night. I'm, 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 I'm feeling good. It's, it's an exciting time of year. The only thing bigger than finding out who's going to win the Royal Rumbles is getting to talk about it with these three right after the show on Wrestling Inc. Jimmy, we're getting the gang together for what I think is the most fun show of the year, the Royal Rumble. Absolutely, because, uh, you know, there's a lot of speculation on who's going to show up, who's going to be there. We found out tonight someone who's definitely going to be there. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that later. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I'm feeling good, especially because I'm not the extra point kicker for the Dallas Cowboys. So, Yeah, he's, a, he's lucky they won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. very lucky they won because he, he's not very oozy. I mean, like no. to be <laughs> in the last 20 years, if you're a kicker in the playoffs on a team opposite of Tom Brady, if you miss any extra points, that's probably the difference maker of you losing. Mm-hmm. One extra point, let alone four. Yeah. What a tough job. Like, if you're a kicker, you have either success or fired. Like, if, like anytime you miss, people are like, that guy, I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> tough, it's, it's tough not, gig. Yeah, it's not like being a, being a 
meteorologist, as they call them up here, not weatherman, because that's the only right. job you can have where you're wrong 90% of the time and still keep it. Right. I mean, even here in California, you can just say it's going to be sunny. You should be right most of the time. Doesn't always happen, though. Mm -hmm. uh, I do want to take a quick second to say thanks to everyone who's joined us, by the way. Uh, please do us a big favor. Like, comment, share, subscribe. It's something we ask all the time, but it really does help us out, especially these days. We've got uh, some stuff going on. And so hitting the like button and leaving a comment actually does mean the world. So do it. <laughs> just do it. Uh, let's. Let's let's, let's chat a little bit of news though. Uh, Sting, the icon, he uh, he concedes his career didn't play out the way he intended. As the headline states, he goes on to say, "I swore to myself I'm never going to be one of those guys, and I'm one of those guys ten times over." Referring to the people who uh, don't just retire and take the money and, and run, uh, he said, "I looked at all these guys a generation before me, and I thought, man, why do they stay so long? I don't get it. Make your money, do what you want to do, and get out. Uh, I'm not gonna be like all the rest of those guys. Just like I said in the beginning, I'm not gonna be in this. I'm not going. I can't read. I'm not going to be in this in 45 years, and here I am." Uh, Jimmy, you've mm. seen wrestlers come and you've seen them stay. Uh, mm -hmm. It's it's a hard thing to give up uh, being a pro wrestler. It is. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of the boys say that and girls, you know, I want to go out on my terms. And and that's one of the excuses they use to come back all the time. Well, I didn't go out the way I wanted to go out. I was hoping to go out this way, whatever. Even when you do go out the way you want to go out, you there's always that chance you'll come back because once it's in your blood, it never leaves. It is there. And, you know, you know, especially guys who love this business, you know, it, it, I, it, I do too. And I keep saying that I'm kind of my, my counting arm and my knees are retired, but you never know when uh, I can count left-handed. <laughs> uh, yeah justin now the, the headline of this title is a little deceptive sounds like he's gonna say something else but basically he's saying look i get it everyone else everyone said you, you think i'm i would retire by now but i didn't uh sting is one of my all-time favorites so i'm definitely one of those guys that says he can be here as long as he wants to even though i was at bound for glory years ago when they called it the final curtain and aj styles beat him and i thought that's the end of the stinger I'm still happy he's back and still doing stuff. But, uh, yeah, becoming that guy that hangs around, Justin. Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably, you know, his days are numbered. You know, we, you know his contract's expiring this year, as we understand, with AEW. Um, so I, I don't think he'll be doing anything else in terms of, you know, actively on, on a roster. Obviously, the big, you know, the big elephant in the room is he and The Undertaker. That's the one that we never got, you know, when he finally – he got signed to WWE. You know, the thought was maybe that would happen. Now, his first Mania match was against Triple H. I was there uh, at, you know, at that at Levi Stadium in, in the Bay Area. Um, it, it was had a lot of window dressing, NWO, DX, you know, what have you. But I don't know necessarily if Sting <clears throat> made all the best. I, I don't know what his overall impression if it was the best it could have been to WWE. You know, he you know he 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 was the age he, he was. You know, he he was not a tan surfer looking Stinger. He was kind of you know, I don't know. I don't know. What impression, but from that point on, I thought maybe we would see a different trajectory. Now, of course, he did, you know, get, you know, he, we did see him work with Seth Rollins. Obviously, that's what kind of basically put him on the shelf in ring with WWE. Had that not happened and Sting uh, had been retained with the company and stuck around longer and, and had a, you know, a Legends deal, what have you, 
given that I think in what 2018 they started the deal with Saudi Arabia, it probably would have been an inevitable that we would have got Sting and Taker if, if nothing else, at one of the Saudi Arabia Crown Jewel uh, Greatest Royal Rumble, one, one of those shows, because they rely on just marquee heavy one offs for that. So uh, I really think it comes back to that match with Seth Rollins where he gets injured, looks like he's, you know, physically done, or at least WWE, you know, deemed him physically done. Um, and then that, that probably is the is the big difference maker of us never getting Sting and Taker. It is. It's interesting because that match, you're right. If that didn't happen, there is sort of a what if, if that injury or whatever happened was, was Seth Rollins didn't happen. And if Stig had been able to sort of play things out a little differently, would he have ever gone to AW or would he have sort of gotten it out of his system for lack of a better term and felt like he's done. But I, I feel like wrestling, any type of performance stuff, acting, wrestling, whatever, if you can do it, I don't know why you say you're done. Like just if, if an opportunity comes up and you feel like it, do it. I don't think, you know, I mean, obviously, I don't think anyone's clamoring to see uh, Sting having a match every week in, you know, 20 minute classics with young guys or anything. But like, I have no problem him coming back and hanging out with Darby mm -hmm. Allen or doing something like that. Like, there's no re I don't think there's any reason even the Undertaker. I don't think he needs to say I'm done. If, if he wants to come back, it like it looks like he's going to next week. Cool whatever that's good i don't know i don't think you need no, to it's all about it's all about money making you know you want to you want to be able to you, you label a match i'm done uh so you can monetize off of it but this mm -hmm. is the last time to see me in the ring you know what i mean so um i don't know yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the old adage in this building uh, in this business never say never yeah. Uh, and Juan, by the way, I see your super chat. We're definitely going to talk about it, but I'm going to save it for later on when it uh, uh, we're talking about what um, what I think it's alluding to in that part of the show. Uh, so I'm going to save that, but I want you to know I see it and we will get to it for sure. I, I want to talk about another thing that happened, and that was a talent meeting that happened uh, at WWE. Now, I know a lot of people are saying, didn't you talk about that on Friday or earlier? Yes, we did. Uh, and they did it again. And many of the beats from Friday's meeting were hit this time, such as Triple H remaining the CCO and firmly in control of creative, while also stressing talent relations are not changing. Uh, talent relations have arguably been the biggest point of worry backstage with Ronda Rousey recently claiming the company was in flux. And uh, former WWE writer and producer Freddie Prince Jr. worried aloud for those talents who were rehired under Triple H, uh, as well as their current storylines. Um, the meeting was also said to have brought up the news that broke last week, alleging that WWE had been sold to Saudi Arabia's public investment fund and uh, debunking last week's Saudi Arabia sale story. Justin, um, you, we can say whatever we want, but it feels a little bit like when you need to have a meeting like this twice over the course of two weeks, it clearly shows that there's some kind of rumblings happening backstage that they need to continue to address. Well, there's absolutely rumblings. I mean, look, to, to put this in perspective to our audience, <clears throat> there's a lot of the talent, a lot of the wrestlers that, the, that our fans watch that are in the same boat as the fans, meaning they're they're not learning of things way ahead of time. They're, they're, they're opening up Twitter, opening up Wrestling Inc., and, and they're finding out things or they're hearing some of the um, goings-ons in the boardroom and with Vince and, and Stephanie leaving. They're, they're hearing about it in real time with – you know, and that, that's, that's that's scary if you're a talent. So, uh, the meetings are absolutely necessary for Triple H to do. 
I'm not really alerted or alarmed by the fact that there's two of them because remember, I mean, this is there's there are two separate rosters, so you know the, the guys and girls that are on Friday's locker room, most of them are not going to be in Monday's locker room with you know exceptions like the Usos and such uh, storyline pending. So uh, it would have been weird actually if Triple H would have done a meeting at one show and not the other. Make sure you make sure you get to make sure everybody hears the same thing in person, right? So you know that's natural. I you know I think. Um, I don't think this is going to be a big mystery. I think I know it, and, it, and I get it. Everybody's waiting for Vince's fingerprint to start to come back onto creative, and maybe it will happen. But I think it's not going to be a big mystery. You're going to know. Um, I think there were some things we saw again tonight that we've been talking about for the last six months that are very much in the Triple H vision, and they are things that, as long as we keep seeing them, that'll kind of be somewhat reassuring that he still is. You know, he said Friday, yeah, of course I'll talk to Vince about our product. How am I not going to talk to Vince about our product? But he's saying it's still his for the final say. At the moment, I believe him. That can always change. But as long as we see certain things, that'll be the proof in the pudding that he's still getting to execute his vision. As long as we see, as we see certain talent and storylines follow through, that'll be the proof in the pudding. And oh, by the way, if Vince is going to be, if Vince gets so hands-on to say, I want it to be this way, I want this person over, I don't want this person, He's going to show up at TVs to ensure it happens, and that will not be a state secret kept. There, as as many people are there for talent production, random lookers uh, that that stalk the hotels, what have you. It will get out into the public very quickly that Vince is there at TV, and that'll of course send a whole different message. So, uh, right now, I believe what Triple H is saying. I believe he believes what he's saying. Of course, time will tell. Yeah, it's something that, to a much smaller degree, obviously, we're here with Wrestling Inc. Wrestling Inc. was sold, and um, we didn't have any, like, all-talent meetings or anything, but there's emails. And I know between us, I, you're wondering, like, what does that mean? Or is it we still in the show? Is it changing? You don't know. And so these kind of things are important because regardless of where you are, if, something, if the company's sold or is being sold, it means things are up in the air. But, Jimmy, uh, these meetings, obviously, things are different than uh, when you were there with everything going on. But... Are meetings like this a big deal? Do they happen more often than we hear about? Is this something that maybe just feels like news because of everything else going on? Um, they happen. I don't want to say they happen often, but they're, they're, they have occasional meetings where they sit down with the talent and they kind of give an update on the, the direction and stuff like that. It's not like uh, um, like with what's going on right now with all you know all this uh, rumors, speculation, innuendo, and all the. Uh, all the uh, stuff that everybody's reading online. And like Justin said, not everybody there is in the know. They don't know exactly what's going on. And, and they might be looking up on sites like ours and, and, and reading certain things and going, Oh, 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 you know what I mean? And then Mm -hmm. now they're contemplating, who do I go to, to find out the truth? It's a constant fluid uh, situation right now. Things are like, like we're talking about It, it. Hunter right now says he's in charge of the talent and, and, and creative right now. And, and, you know, why would he say that if he wasn't? And apparently at the talent meeting today, I believe Kevin Dunn was at the meeting as well, just to, you know, to show a united front. And, and I don't, again, I don't see an issue. I don't think uh, you can argue that the product has taken a different spin since Vince has stepped away. Now that he stepped back in, it sounds like he may be putting his input in, but, as as we've heard, allegedly he's not going to be forcing Triple H has the final say on creative. So I don't expect big changes right now as we're as we're looking at it. But uh, again, time will tell. Vince is an alpha male. 
an alpha personality. So you never know. Uh, he may one day just say, hey, you know what? This is my company again, and I'm doing it my way. That's and I think I think people are reacting to a lot of this more feeling that that is is happening than it, it actually is now. Mike, who knows? We'll see. Um, let's chat a little bit about this show, WWE Raw, that we actually just finished watching. <laughs> it's a pretty good one. Uh, but again, I just want to remind everyone, uh, like, comment, share, subscribe. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, hit the five-star reviews and leave a little message there. That's always super, super helpful. Again, always good to have that kind of stuff, especially right now. Uh, we'd love to see that. And if you're in the live chat, as always, let's do that roll call. We got Ricky Zaldivar, Sid Henry, Baby Ice, Dylan Matthews, Justine A, John Jordan, uh, Jeroy J, Night One. We got a big turnout. Monge, George, uh, we got uh, Figueroas, uh, WWE, Stalking You. Always putting a little dog emoji. I don't know what that's for, but uh, I see, always see that in there. Uh, Sonny Sitar of Tommy O. Big turnout today. Uh, Tina Miller as well and everyone else. Thank you guys so much for joining us live. Let us know what you thought of the show. Uh, show ahead, shout out whatever you want. Let's talk about this opening segment. It led to a match, but we're going to do the match separately because the opening segment, I think, was cool. Uh, Bloodline comes out, and they say that there is going to be an acknowledgement ceremony next week on Raw 30, and then the Judgment Day comes out, and they say they're bringing the tag team titles, the red-strapped ones, permanently back to Monday. Then uh, Rhea Ripley gets in the face of Solo Sokoa, and before Solo could hit Ripley, Ali flies into action, to kick off their match again, before we get into that match, I want to talk to, uh, to you guys with a super chat from John Jordan saying cheers, fellas, every generation of the bloodline, give us a rundown of who all it truly could be. Justin, that feels like a question for you. Who could be there to acknowledge Roman reigns next week? Well, I mean, look, a number one, you could start with Roman reigns and his father, Sika. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it would make, it would make a lot of sense if, if, you know, they're in Philadelphia and, um, you know, the, 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 the Samoan family has a, a lot of ties to the Eastern and central part of Pennsylvania. Um, so that, you know, and, and so that there's, you know, I mean, the, the, that would make a lot of sense if they could have Sika there, Roman's uncle, uh, Afa, uh, and then, but of course the, the, you know, the, again, the, the obvious one is, is, is that wording of all generations. Um, could we see an electric one? Uh, of course, that's one that you leave as a surprise. You leave it as a as a as, a, as a, you leave it for the three pundits right here on this show <laughs> to drum up speculation and a rumor. Um, who? Yeah, that. Who? 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 Yeah. So I mean, it's. It, it, I don't think that wording was by accident. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying for sure that the Rock will be there, but even if it means. And this might actually get a little bit of a boo because I think people would be, especially a Philadelphia crowd, even if I meant the rock via satellite or some type of whatever to then lead into a later on an in-person appearance, whether that be rumble or a, a raw at a later date uh, that again, that, that might, that might spark anger out of the crowd. But then again, every time you see the rock, the crowd usually pops any which way. So um, yeah, that, that was very, again, very key wording by the Usos uh, of how they set up this, um, this, this acknowledgement ceremony next week. Yeah, Jimmy, this I feel like you could say you could say that the rock is coming in via satellite. And as soon mm -hmm. as this thing starts, I feel like the the crowd is still gonna go 
go nuts for it. No, I think they will. Uh, A little disappointed that he doesn't show up live, of course. But at the same time, here's a guy who's like very busy with a lot of stuff going on, uh, making an appearance on Monday Night Raw. I I mean, like, it it just like you said, you, you talk about planting seeds. This is planting a huge seed. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And putting a huge thought into people's minds, unless, you know, they're really putting over their dad big. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and let me throw this out there, too, because obviously, again, you're celebrating 30 years of Raw. Uh, you know, The Rock was not there for, you know, he was only actually really there in terms of in full for a, a select period of time from the late mm-hmm. 90s, uh, early 2000s. But uh, the actual anniversary of 30 years was, I believe, last week. I believe I think it's January 11th if I have my dates correct. So it is interesting to note. Okay, why would they have picked months? And they picked this a while ago. Why would they have waited to select uh, whatever the date is next week, January 20, whatever it is? Uh, why would they have selected that? Why mm-hmm. Why would they choose it to be the go home show to Rumble? All those things I do wonder. And going to Jimmy's point. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is extremely busy. He's got a lot of things. His schedule is booked, you know, well out in advance for all the projects and all the things that he balances. Part of me wonders if they did know, hey, we know we want to have him for Mania in L.A., you obviously have to start that somewhere in in earnest. Did they make an active decision to, we're going to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Raw on this date and not this one, even though it's a little bit further away from the actual true date, because that's when we can get our wonderful commodity Dwayne the Rock Johnson just putting it out there all things to think about it's 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 a from a a how do you do this standpoint it's interesting do you tell us the rock is going to be active on a tv show and get those ratings and things do you have him be the surprise do you use him to sell it's a weird there's so many different ways it could go but that's it's all good kind of interesting you know it's not like I hope they don't mess this up. It's all like, man, this could be incredible. I'm, I'm super pumped. I, uh, y- you know, I just hope I don't feel let down if it's, if it's not the rock, that's, the but I kind of, but I kind of like the fact that they're not, I like the fact that nobody spoke the rock's name tonight right. because I, I, I remind everybody of, uh, what we got, uh, what 14 months ago, remember the survivor series, not this past year, but the year prior, when it was celebrating at what is what was the anniversary of the rock's debut because he made his debut mm-hmm. in, in, in 96 Survivor Series, and then we showed all these video packages and, and here's rock moment number three and all they showed all these things and it was based around the rock's new movie and we never got them and it was like the huge disappointment so mm-hmm. maybe less is more don't mention them right another thing that came from this segment though was judgment day uh jimmy specifically saying the red strapped titles permanently to raw two questions for you here does this imply that they're possibly going to start separating some of these titles again and two does it kind of tip the hand that maybe judgment day are going to get the win uh you can make a case for either of those arguments i mean obviously uh, people are speculating going into wrestlemania it being two nights could it be possibly Roman Reigns defending each title, one on Saturday night, one on Sunday night, that sort of thing? And it, why not the same thing with the tag team titles, since uh, that's the situation there but where one team is holding both titles? Uh, I like the idea of having a universal champion. That makes sense, because mm-hmm. then it, I think it elevates, for example, the Intercontinental Championship, as we saw last week, and, and what they did tonight uh, 
to elevate the stature of the United States Championship. They did a lot of work to do that tonight as well. So maybe we will see a, um, uh, a division of the titles, but at the same time, I'd like to see a unification and one universal strap for the for the big titles, and that includes tag teams. But then, oh, man, then, yeah. Yeah, I guess with the tag team division too, why not? It is a little trickier with the tag team division, uh, mm-hmm. Justin. I'll send this to you because it is – it's a deep division. Maybe it's just because the Usos have had the titles for so long. It does start to feel like a bottleneck a little bit. I don't feel that way with the with the uh, world title, but uh, I say world title for for short because I think the official name now is the Universal like Undisputed WWE something. But uh, for some reason, it doesn't feel like there's as, it's as backed up at that division. But the, the tag team title does feel a little log jammed at this point. Um, what say you about the the tag titles and then possibly being split here? Uh, I, I, I do feel it's gotten a little bit <clears throat> jammed up, but only recently, and I, only because I feel like that um, they started to do a good job just reestablishing teams. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that be the Viking Raiders, <clears throat> whether that be uh, Alpha Academy, whether that be, um, you know, having <clears throat> having Dom and, 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 and Priest together, you know, from the, you know, I just feel like we're, we're, we just have more. So it does feel like, okay, we could afford to have these titles split and they would be able to, there's enough depth on each show to keep it going whereas again this time last year i don't think you could say that i think it was oh no let's keep them all on one team because we don't have enough to spread and fill two shows worth of uh of two separate tag team title storylines going we don't have enough for that but now they do Mm -hmm. yeah and and that goes back to what you said earlier with triple h being in charge triple h is uh, uh, high on tag teams. And, uh, you know, there are reports out there, people saying that Vince was not so much a tag team uh, on board with tag teams. Yes, he understood that they needed to be there, but uh, Triple H, I think, has been focusing a lot of more attention on the tag team division. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think another change with Triple H, too, has been, you know, one of the one of the most noticeable things immediately when Triple H took over the second part of the summer was, and I, I think this holds true since then, we have not had any back-to-back week of Raw where it has been unexplained rematch, mm-hmm. where it's like we just saw it last week. He has done a very good job of keeping things fresh and, and, and you know, still, you know, staying linear, having if, if, if two groups or, or whatever are feuding, but he's managed to, to keep it fresh. Whereas, you know, God, in, in the last couple of years, especially under Vince, we would get unannounced best of sevens, essentially, between two people. And so I think what that's allowed to have happen is that in the Vince era of the last few years, he relied on a lot of, you know, six mans and eight mans and things to throw people together, this and that. So it really diluted the art of what makes a good multi-man, you know, a good tag match or a good six-man match. Mm-hmm. Um, now that we've gotten away from that, and that's not been a crutch that we're just leaning on to fill time, again, it's allowed the tag division to develop again and, and bring back the art of a tag team match. because. Tag team wrestling can be a beautiful thing mm-hmm. when it's done mm-hmm. right. It really can. Uh, and I've seen some of the best, uh, you know, in person. And, I, and I've been part of those crowds that feel so great. And obviously, Jimmy's been the, you know, the fifth man in the ring for some of those. It, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing if it's done right. But you also, it starts with you got to have teams that people care about and know about first. And then they've, they've gotten back to that point. And you have to have teams at one that fans want one team to see one team win and one team get their butts kicked, too. Mm-hmm. 
But it's uh yeah, I mean, just even I would say like the uh I was a huge fan of Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, uh Adam Page when they had their rivalry building. And uh even if you go back to those old uh Dudley Boys, APAs, uh Hardy Boys, Edge and Christian, like the tag team was like the coolest part of the show for lots mm-hmm. of those shows. So absolutely there. I, I did want to give a quick shout out to uh in this segment. What I loved is uh the Usos are so good at talking at the same time, like and not stepping on each other, but like no dead space between them going. Like obviously they're brothers, so they, they know each other pretty well. But I think it goes a little uh unappreciated just how well they're able to go back and forth on the microphone with each other without any hesitation, talking over, stuttering, anything. It's just seamless. It's so cool. I'm just glad that they if we would have left this segment between them and Dom and there was no mention of the Uso penitentiary, I was gonna be pissed. But I'm glad they yeah. they pulled yeah. out the Uso penitentiary. It's like yeah. that's a layup right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dom Dom is so good, man. He cracks me up so much. Uh yeah. Uh, and then, uh, what were you gonna say, Jimmy? No, just uh, just uh, every week he never ceases to impress me. It's just it it almost he's embracing it more and more each week, and you just it, uh, I I I hate to say it this way because he's a heel, but I'm falling in love with this character. It's just too much. He's so good. And, and then and then Corey and then Corey Graves is like, you know, watch it. Kevin Patrick, he'll he'll trade you for a a, a, a honey bun, like co- commissary trade off of 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 of, of, of in, in in prison life. It's just yeah. it's just so so well done. Just uh, this, I really love that opening segment. Uh, John Jordan, by the way, uh, says, "Come on, Labar." Obviously, I was talking about Nia Jax. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Obviously, obviously, come on. Sure. Uh, we hey, we, that's great though. Like like Jack said, we need all the engagement, the better. The but you know. <laughs> Peek behind the curtain. A lot of exciting things happen with the podcast. We're not going anywhere, but a lot of exciting things. The more engagement you guys can do, comments, reviews, especially reviews, the more yeah. you guys can do that, that is going to help a lot of things that, that the, this podcast is trying to cook up right now. So if you like doing this, just take 10 seconds and just leave a nice comment or just click five yes. stars or something. Please do it. Yeah, even Please. if you even if you uh, are part of the YouTube now, uh, hop over to Apple Podcasts and just throw in one of those reviews. It actually does really mean a lot. So, um, Ali versus Solo happened. Uh, we got a, a mid match digital exclusive, which feels like it's not a digital exclusive if they're showing it on Raw. But I digress. Uh, Ali says he's uh, gonna cause some problems, but still gets beat up by uh, Solo. Kevin Owens comes out and basically clears house and beats everybody up uh, until Pierce comes out and clears everyone out. Um, Justin, we know that, I mean, we don't know, but Roman Reigns is going to retain at Royal Rumble. I mean, I feel like that's a pretty safe bet, but as WWE, I, I feel like has done just about as good of a job of making Kevin Owens seem like a threat as they could. Right. I agree. And 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 the reaction that KO got uh at the end of this segment. I mean, he's out there. Um I, I can't help it. I uh, it, it, it you know, he does a stunner and of course he fought Austin at Mania last year. It gives me those feelings of when a one man wrecking crew is, is there, but the crowd is behind it. And, mm-hmm. and and just the the sight of officials and referees restraining him just you know, gets the crowd so amped up, like, no, let him go. Let me see. And that's where we were at. He's up on the commentary table. He's got these three guys running off. He's, 
it, yeah, you're right. He he's I don't see him taking the you know he's not beating Roman Reigns straight up at Rumble, but you believe in him. He he is you know, he's he for he's the top babyface or he's he's one of the top babyfaces of course for Raw. So yeah, they've done a great job with him. Solo Sokoa, um, since he's been called up, they have done right by him and his presentation and his protection of him. Um, I it just you know, but uh, you know, Mustafa Ali, <laughs> I he's still. This is this has been one of the constants from the, the Vince in charge, Triple H in charge. He comes on screen. He's got no credibility with me. I do not. <laughs> I, I do not give him a fighting chance right now. And that's nothing against his ability in the ring, belt to belt. But the way he has been booked, he is just a guy who's just just kind of whining. He, I mean, you saw the segment later with Dolph Ziggler. He's just kind of whining and complaining, but he's not getting anything done. Uh, yeah, Jimmy, I was going to ask you about Ali. He, he, he took the loss today. He didn't necessarily. He had like one spot where it looked like he might have had a chance. I think it was a diving DDT. But um, yeah. do you think these I made fun of the digital exclusive name, but do you think it's a good idea to at least give him some kind of mic time, even if it's while he's getting beat up in the ring to try to give us some personality to him? Uh, it couldn't hurt. That's for sure. Because like Justin said, uh, you know, he's not drawing the audience in. They're not getting invested in him. They're not believing in him. When I see him in the ring, especially tonight against solo, there was, uh, did anybody think he had a chance of beating solo in in that match tonight? Nobody did. Nobody bought in. Uh, They haven't bought into this character. Now maybe there's something they could do and kind of turn him into one of those totally annoying guys where you just want to see him get his butt kicked and, and, and get the, the proper reaction a heel should get. Maybe that's right. the idea at the end of the day, because look at it this way. When he does finally get that win, I feel sorry for the guy he gets to win over. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, it's, it, I, I always say I should be able to like, how would you explain a wrestler to someone who doesn't watch wrestling? How would you describe them? And, I don't really have anything I would say about Ali, except that he seems to complain a lot, which isn't something that I'm supposed to like. And he presents himself as a good guy. So I don't know. It's still, it's still better than retribution, right? Right. That's, <laughs> that's very true. Uh, that's, that's the barometer. He shows up each week. He gets to go to the production meeting. He finds out what's going to happen. Uh, you, you know, he, he, he gets the hand that he's dealt and, it's always somebody's job. I don't know if it's Bruce Pritchard or somebody's job to walk up. Uh, you're on Ali duty this week. Somebody's going to walk up and you got to pat him on the shoulder and go, well, it's still better than retribution. Make the best of a kid. And walk <laughs> off. Right. Yeah. They, they just keep um, the masks of one of them. And anytime he starts to get mad, he's like, remember this? Okay. Yeah. This isn't too bad, actually. Uh, right. We get to the most no, uh, newsworthy part of the show, I believe, and that is Cody Rhodes, and they're going through his his uh, rehab, and he says he's coming back, and that took me by surprise that they, I, you know, I, I almost wasn't even paying attention because they've showed a few of these. I'm like, okay, he's getting back, whatever. I've seen this. He's like, and I'm coming back. I was like, holy cow! I didn't expect that, Jimmy. Um, I think this is the question that will lead the debates here is it the right move to announce that he's coming back uh in this case you know you can make an argument making it a surprise would have been cool but if you've got other surprises how many surprises can can you have in one royal rumble match that'll get the same reaction it's cody as we've seen in the videos that they've been presenting in his in his recovery have been 
tremendous. And if you if you can say one positive thing about WWE production is when they do these videos, they do them right. And they've been doing right by Cody because he looks like a million bucks right now in his recovery. And people are anxious to see him come back. So announcing when he's going to come back is a good move at this point. Sometimes it's better to, to, to leave it at people speculating and, and make it a surprise. But in this instance, I think it's a good move because like I said, right now, Cody is money and you make money by telling people where that money's going to be. Well, and Justin, we have a super chat that's been sitting here. And one, I want to thank you so much for being patient. I was waiting for this moment. Justin, think The Rock is going to be the Rumble surprise now? <laughs> well, I mean, he could be. And, and again, I guess it depends on what we see next week at Raw, based on a conversation earlier. But um, I think whether it's The Rock or whether it's other surprises, obviously there's nobody else that's of the stature of The Rock. But, like, you know, even if we get some one-off, you know, returns and, and what have you, the Rumble's going to have its element of surprise, right? It, you know, the, the Rumble sells itself just by that. I, I completely agree with them advertising Cody couple things here first off when cody got injured at the start in, in uh, early june the timetable that gave us everybody you know all of us said oh that pretty much lines up to rumble right so it's like even going into rumble even without these vignettes i think there already would have been this kind of belief you're going to see him so the fact that you are going to see him that he is physically going to be able to do it you might as well capitalize on that to help any final live ticket sales and, and to help any uh, at home viewing because look, they, they 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 lost out the last six months of having them. They lost out of having a Cody Rhodes, their fresh new or their, their returning hot commodity whose stock was higher coming back than it was when he left. They lost out in having him for Money in the Bank, for SummerSlam, for Clash of the Castle, for Survivor Series, for so start cashing in on his name again. So advertise that he's going to be there. Uh, I think it's absolutely the right way to go, and I don't think it's going to harm his pop in any bit he's still going to get a huge reaction one through 30 whichever number he he comes in at so yeah we got uh night one adrenaline in my soul 30 cody rose i can't make it go with the song but you know what i mean uh <laughs> so yeah it's you know i don't think anyone's happy when someone gets hurt but it kind of is like perfect time like he comes in big debut great run with with uh, Seth Rollins, one of the greatest, like, I guess, before you take a break kind of matches with Hell in a Cell to come right back in at Royal Rumble. Like, what a almost perfect way that could have happened, if if that makes sense, to find a silver lining. No, it, abs yeah. it, it absolutely does. Sorry, Justin, I didn't mean to, to, to jump in there, but it, it does. It makes perfect sense. And, you know, you, like, like we said, you know, you talk about surprises and all that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, you got to think business and this business is about money. And like I said, and like we said, Cody is money right now. He's the guy. And I know there's some questions out there. Should he come in at number one? Should he come in at number 30? What is the best spot for him? Um, as long as he's in the match, it really doesn't matter what number he comes in. I mean, I get the I, I get the logic, put him in at number one and have him go through everybody and be the last man standing and that sort of thing. That does kind of make sense, but at the same time, he's just coming off an injury. That, but they push his cardio to the limit there. <laughs> yeah, in his in his return match, a little bit much. But uh, but having him at 30 doesn't help him either. He's got to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah, while we're at it, let's just give him an Iron Man match before the Rumble too. Yeah. Like just, yeah. you know, for, for something else. Yeah. But Jack, uh, but Jack, to your but Jack, to your point though, you're right. This does kind of you don't want to see injuries, but in a weird way, 
he got to be back for a couple months last spring enough time to get the WWE audience back behind him you know, for, or for anybody who might have forgot about him back behind him and then yeah he fought that hell in a cell match with that gruesome injury um and so then he's down so you know it kind of gives that courageous kind of feel if he dies on the sword type of thing and then yeah he gets to come back at rumble and remember the when the news broke last year early 2022 that oh my god cody rhodes is done with aew that they're that, you know which caught everybody off guard it was only if it was in february it was only a few weeks after last year's rumble and i remember turning to somebody and saying damn if he could have gotten out a little bit earlier what a rumble surprise he really would have been and mm-hmm. so you're gonna, you kind of get to cash in on on again having him be like you know he's gonna be there but now we get to all again speculate is he the first one is he the last one where does he come in at um you know it it, it, it is i think it's, this is the right way to play this and and again mm-hmm. i think uh you gotta figure he's gotta be in the top two right of favorites to win this or, or top three i mean you're looking at him you're looking at you know I mean, if people uh, who are rock appearance, uh, you know, of people who aren't surprised, not signed wrestlers right now, I would say he has to be the favorite unless you're looking at like, I get, yeah, like you said, like the rock or something who's not, yeah. you know, on the roster, I'd have to think he's the favorite and he could be the most obvious favorite. And I think people will still be excited if he wins, which is very rare in pro wrestling to have the, the obvious one win and everyone be happy but i think they would absolutely be happy it's because uh, everybody wants to see it uh tommy o in the chat says quick side question when is pat mcafee coming back college football is over miss him on smackdown keep up the great work triple j's uh thank you tommy uh, thanks tommy do you this feels like a justin the bar question do you know uh <laughs> what, do you have any news on on <clears throat> pat mcafee and him coming back or I don't know an exact date, but I would. Uh, I feel pretty confident in saying uh, WWE will not go this WrestleMania season without a Pat McAfee involvement. So I think it's just a matter of picking the exact date. But he he has proven his worth both on the commentary desk and his ability to deliver. Uh, you know, in, in his in his uh, you know novelty matches when he has them. Uh, so I, I think uh, we will be seeing him sooner rather than later. Yeah, I wonder if they're waiting for NFL to get over because I'm sure the NFL is going to want to chat with him too right. and, and do things while uh, Super Bowl is still going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is speculation. I have no idea. Uh, Cedric and Shelton get back together to take on the Street Profits uh, and the Street Profits win, which I don't think surprises anyone. Uh, but Jimmy, it feels like they're trying to hint at the Hurt business. Is this already just a, a bad start for this team? Uh, I, I did. I didn't like the way it ended. Let's put it that way. It, it should have. Uh, it should have been a little bit. Uh, uh, don't get me wrong. I thought the match was good, and we did get a lot of offense in from Shelton and Cedric. But at the same time, I think they needed to win more than the Street Profits at this particular junction. And because they are technically a heel tag team, being associated with MVP, there was a way to do it without harming any credibility with the Street Profits. You know the. The, the heels out, you know, outmaneuver, mm-hmm. you know, the, instead of the typical ref distraction thing that didn't work out for him. But anyways, uh, I just think this would have been a perfect opportunity to elevate a new team. I, I feel like the Street Profits are at a point where they could lose three in a row and they're the Street Profits. Mm-hmm. They're still, they're, they're golden. Uh, but yeah, Justin, I feel like they're hinting at this team getting back together, but they already made them seem kind of like, idiots they they cheated and they still lost 
Oh, I think you're muted. Yes, I was. Um, no, I agree. <laughs> Hindsight is twenty twenty. We have the ability to look back now a couple hours later, and um, maybe on paper it made sense, and then, especially because we're going to see, again, MVP a little bit later in the night and such, but by the way this was executed, um, it was just fumbly. Like, you know, MVP missed, you know, he was a little late, so he didn't get to pull Cedric away quite as quick, and then the whole thing was just kind of fumbly, and yeah, it, it, it to you, like you said, Jack, it's like trying to make me think this is important to get this group back together, but they're already getting L's and not it's not working out um so I I agree I with what Jimmy said we have, we have plenty of tag teams they've done a good job replenishing the tag team division put somebody else in this in this particular match again that's the hindsight that's me having the ability to look back um on paper I can see what they're maybe trying to do but yeah this did not come off well for the purposes street profits look great but both of them Montez and Dawkins just so athletic it's it's amazing to do that front flip spot over the top rope, land on your feet. You know, hit, you know, hit your mark, hit your guys, protect them still, th- then protect you, land on your feet. It's it, it, it they make it look so easy, and it's not that easy. It's pretty pretty incredible. Yeah, um, yeah. They uh, Street Profits are one of the teams that makes it feel like there's a log jam at the top. Like mm-hmm. how they're not a champs right now, I don't know. But um, a quick qu- uh, comment from Terry Allen Jr. I wanted to bring in. Uh, Royal Rumble tumblers should return for fun. I like the tumbler. Yeah. We're talking yeah. about the thing where they turn the crank and like the, the balls roll. Around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. would be I like that. That was fun. Yeah, it's fun. Even if it's totally rigged, it's still fun. I don't care. Yeah. I missed I missed the old fashioned rumble intros. I'm talking like 91, 92, Vince's gravelly voiceover, and we show like 20 of the guys who and we show their headshots of who's gonna be in the rumble, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go back and watch the 90s. If anybody wants any reference, go on to Peacock, punch in the 1992 Royal Rumble. Watch the opening. Is it just going to be, you know, slides and pictures of the of the name? Nothing fancy, nothing like today's graphics. And it's Vince just given, you know, and he's got different inflection for the Undertaker, IRS, Sid, Justice. It's it. That's what I want. If Vince wants to get back involved, that's his task. Do the voiceover for the Rumble intro, Vince. That would be that would be fantastic. Those are fun. Uh, I wish WWE would lead into the history a little bit more sometimes with that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Just very simple stuff like that. Well, speaking of that, Jack, have you noticed? Have it, both of you noticed? We are we have one more raw to go. You know we have not, I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong. We have not gotten the rumble by the numbers video. We have not gotten mm-hmm. the this person set the number of eliminations. This person has the quickest. We have not got the by oh. the numbers thing. That's true. That's, That's very true. I love rumble by the numbers, by mm-hmm. the way. So fun. It's I, I don't know why I could see it. it I can't wait for it. I, I hope they do it again. Uh, maybe they've re, re they're redoing it, making it look. I don't know. Um, we got a segment here. Uh, Becky Lynch comes from the crowd and uh, calls out Bailey and Bailey comes out and they argue about NXT in 2015 uh, before Becky <laughs> says she was never supposed to be here. And Bailey is the reason Bailey isn't where she wants to be. Next week, they're going to have a steel cage match. Uh, Jimmy Corderas, this mm-hmm. is on paper, I feel like, just a awesome setup to a promo, but the whole thing just came flat to me. What was your thought? Um, I thought I thought for some reason, it, to, to me, it felt like Becky was too much playing wrestling promo, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. You know, it, you know, Bailey was a little little better in her presentation, I think, in the promo segment part. But uh, I think Becky came off like, 
uh, time to cut a wrestling promo kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And and that's how it, I think it, maybe that's what you might have uh, felt. I don't know if that's exactly how you felt. I like the fact that they they're building up to a big match next week. That's very yeah. meaningful for their 30th anniversary Raw, but at the same time, uh, you know, it just felt a little cliched, her presentation, yeah. let's put it that way, you know, coming through the crowd, making the reference to the Cincinnati Bengals and blah, 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 you know, just, yeah, too cliched yeah. for lack of a better term. I, I felt like the crowd was kind of dead for this segment too, which kind of hurt it. And, and Justin, I want to know your thoughts. I love long-term storytelling. I love references, but there's a point of part of me that's like, are we really arguing about something that happened eight years ago on this show right now? Yeah. There, um, th- there's a lot missing here. Uh, and I agree with Jimmy. <clears throat> They're back to having Becky's a face, which I agree with because for a while there, when they had her as a heel, it was like, this, this feels like we're, 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 we're swimming against the current. Nobody wants this. Nobody believes her as the heel. She's a good baby face, but, Yet she's back on the babyface side of the fence, and like Jimmy said, they're trying really hard, having her come out through the through the crowd and making the local sports reference. And oh, I oh I have friends. I have I got I got an arena full of friends. Just really like I don't know how we get back to where she once was when it was so organic. And I know that the very meaning of great or you know I know it's hard to recreate something that's organic by nature, but it does feel like. They're trying, but they're missing some marks. And then on the flip side, I I never thought that I'd buy into a, a heel Bailey. He, Bailey, when she was in NXT, I thought she has the potential to be like the best version of a women's John Cena in terms of the hugging and the merchandise and the face. I actually like heel Bailey, but I don't buy into her with this group with the two others. And and, and so that kind of <clears throat> leaves me falling flat. So this there's, there's a lot. I like like Jimmy said. I like that we're building to a match. Here's two women who have name value, so put them on this big anniversary show. Put them in a gimmick match of a cage. That's all cool. But, yeah, the execution of the segment overall, not my favorite. And there's just a lot of things missing, and I'm not not really sure. I I don't have the answer. If I was on the writing team tomorrow, I don't necessarily know if I had the answer of how we get Becky back to being what she was when she became the man. I don't know, but I I hope they can figure it out because it it does feel... flat or, or 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 yeah flat we'll just go flat i guess also for me because i'm supposed to be rooting for becky i'm supposed to be on her side it also felt like she was a little insincere in this promo like mm-hmm. again going all the way back to 2015 which sounds like i'm being silly but at the same time there's someone who was almost 30 right now that was in high school when this mm-hmm. <laughs> was happening they're arguing about but also she's saying you haven't done anything since then. And I'm thinking Bailey's been multiple time champion. She's won all sorts of stuff, was carrying the WWE through the pandemic. What are you talking about? She hasn't done anything since then. That's not like if a, if a, if a heel says that I'm like, Oh, they're being such jerk. Just disregard. Right. You can't, you can't say Bailey hasn't done anything for the past, <laughs> in the past eight years. That's just a little, I don't know. Maybe mm. I'm, maybe I'm overanalyzing it, but to me, I just, this whole, this, this segment just, and again, maybe it's because the crowd just really wasn't into it the whole time. It didn't feel like, but mm-hmm. it, it, I just wasn't, it just, like I said, it just felt flat to me. Didn't, didn't, you, didn't you didn't feel a connection. And that's, uh, that's, that's the important thing. And that's what they look for, especially when you're doing a talking segment, a promo segment to build up to a big match next week, you want to get people invested and drawn in and you didn't get drawn in other than the fact that they mentioned, Oh, steel cage match next week. 
right and jack you're, cool. you're 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 normally able to find the positivity in all the things so if you're saying this that's the, the barometer of it, it fell flat yeah. it did yeah it's just I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's everything you guys said. And I've liked Becky since she's come back as being a, a like I've enjoyed it. I just this one just felt I didn't didn't get she, it. She didn't have that edgy feel to her tonight. Yeah, I think what made Becky great that mo uh, the face breaker moment when she had her broken nose standing in the crowd after attacking Ronda Rousey. I think there was just that like it, it was it felt different. You know, yeah. Justin, you had talked about how Bailey was like John Cena. I think it felt like when she was really hot with the crowd and everything was when she was more like a stone cold where now it feels like she's being more of a John Cena. If that makes sense. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think I want someone who's more, I'm going to go beat you up and get my nose bloody, but still knock you out as opposed to this is the best town I've ever been in. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, someone I do like though, a lot. Elias is backstage and he says he wants in the rumble, but MVP says, uh, he's going to face the man who's going to win the rumble. Turns out it's Omos. Uh, they have a match shenanigans outside and Omos gets a pretty easy win. Uh, and Justin, that seems like the right thing to do when you have a giant getting ready for the Royal rumble. It, it is as much as I love my guy, Elias. It is. You're right. Cause, uh, Omos of course will have the, uh, the patented spot if he'll get in the rumble and you know, will he challenge for a record of eliminating the most guys? We'll see. But, of course, he'll be a threat for at least a, a, a segment in the match. Uh, and then, of course, I do imagine that it'll take uh, every every other person that's in the ring at that current time to get him out. That is just that's the giant spot that you do. But mm -hmm. nonetheless, you got to heat that giant up before Rumble. Uh, and so, yeah, him getting a, him getting a victory against while Elias, while Elias, certainly I wish overall in totality has been booked. I, I wish was booked better in his wins and losses. He still is Elias. He still has name value. He's been on the roster for however many years now. He's had, you know, segments with a lot of legends. So he still isn't. He still is. There's. It's credible for Omos to beat him, mm -hmm. which is what you're looking for as Omos goes into the 30 man Rumble match. Yeah, Jimmy. The uh, I I I am a big Elias fan. I wish mm -hmm. he had a lot more wins as well. But and this is kind of a curse. He is one of those guys that can eat losses and still be entertaining. So it's very easy, I can imagine, to say. Let's have him take the L tonight. Yeah, and because he has that gimmick that people resonate to. He, you know, all you have to do is, you know, have that walk with Elias and have him come out and do a, a, a promo segment in the ring, sitting on this, <laughs> sitting on his stool with his guitar, ready to sing a song or whatever. For him, it's, uh, I don't want to say easy, but it, there is a, a better path to build him back up. Right. You know, I don't want to say the word easy because that makes it sound like, oh, it's, just do it yeah. like this there there is a way to get him back up and a lot of it has to do with what like justin said is the fact that people are behind him they're invested in him they like to see him they like to hear him they like him in matches so to get him back to a level where um he's challenging for a championship or whatever it is it can be done with mm -hmm. him yeah uh, we have uh, some trash talk between uh, Judgment Day and Alpha Academy before they end up having a tag team matchup. And shock and surprise, it's a really good one. Seems like every Alpha Academy match is good. Every Judgment Day match seems to be good. So why wouldn't this one be good as well? Um, you know, Justin, I, it, both teams just continue to get better and better. And I feel like we say it every week, and I know it's repetitive, but I feel like that's also super impressive. Both these teams, I'm just, I love. No, I agree. And and I'm also impressed with uh, the way in the last couple of weeks, 
Alpha Academy appears to have transitioned from the heel side of the yard to the face side of the yard, mm-hmm. but it didn't take like they didn't have to do it. They didn't have to make one moment. It wasn't like there's was this big moment where all of a sudden they, you know, stood tall with the faces. It just they've just kind of gradually made it happen, but it's felt natural. It's felt like the crowds mm-hmm. wanted to be behind them. And, and, that, and that's important. I mean, there's there's times to have your big heroic face turn, you know, where, where you're where, where you do where you make a, a big, big, you know, you do something big in, in a moment of of peril. And uh, but there's also times where Alpha Academy, if you don't have that, but you know that the crowd still would like to cheer them. OK, how can we make that happen as quickly but as naturally as, as possible? And they, they've seemed to have done that. Um, and so I like that. I, I like that because, you know, it's one of those things. And this happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho, so many guys in the history, um, Eddie Guerrero, they, it starts out being a, a good heel act. But eventually the quality of the heel act sometimes gets so good that people just want to cheer it. And so now you have the task of, well, we can't let you lose that catchphrase or we can't let you lose that whatever but we got to frame it to where you're now not. So now Chad Gable's not telling the audience to shoosh. He's telling the judgment day to shoosh. And mm-hmm. it's, just, it's little things. And it sounds so easy, but it's not as easy as it sounds. And they've done it really well. And I like this a lot. Yeah. To Justin's point, Jimmy, uh, there were times when during this matchup, I felt myself sort of uh yeah i didn't jump up off my chair cheer but you felt that little internal like popping i guess for mm-hmm. alpha academy where you're like ah you got it come on let's go like you're kind of like cheering for him and rooting for him and i was watching this especially when i think uh gable like hit the diving headbutt and then went into mm-hmm. i think uh, an ankle lock or something i was like let's go let's go i was i was so i was pumped for them and it was yeah, again i mean i'm kind of overacting now for the the course of the show but like right. there's that little bit of that feeling in me that was like let's go you guys I don't know how they did it, but I I want them to win. I'm cheering for them. Yeah, and the crowd felt it tonight too because you could hear it in them. Especially when when Otis got that hot tag, the crowd yes. popped huge for that. And you talk about <clears throat> transitioning over to a babyface side because you know I you know the old guy get off my lawn kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm very traditional when it comes to heels and babyfaces, and we're mm-hmm. seeing a lot more uh, you know matches coming down that where you're thinking to yourself, okay, they're kind of both heelish or they're kind of both baby faces. Who do I cheer for? Who do I in this match the the crowd decided. And mm-hmm. and and when I watch someone like a little bit off topic here, but when I watch someone like a Chad Gable in there and the way he is connecting with the audience in that kind of pseudo comedic kind of timing, he so much reminds me of a Kurt Angle when he transitioned into that I almost want to see down the road where Kurt Angle shows up one day, who knows where, and just says to him, you know what? You know, kid, you got a lot of potential. I see something in you. You know what I see in you? Me. So stick with me. I will mentor you and become his mentor, so to speak. Can you imagine the segments those two could put on together? Oh, absolutely! They'd be great Tra- training montages. Uh, yeah. Oh, that'd be so great! And and, and with uh, Otis with them, trying to like keep up, and be yeah. like, just not yeah. being able to keep up. And then when you want to relax, you just pull out a little mini, a little ukulele and Jimmy Crackcorn, and I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, just there could be some gold there. 
There was some comedic gold, though, that I, I got to mention. And that was when Rhea Ripley got in Chad Gable's face. And, and uh, Dom says, I've been in the yard pumping iron all day. I might not be able to hold her back. Dom is just killing it right now. Just killing it. I don't know. I don't know how they all keep straight faces. Like when he was in the ring with the Usos, I was like, how do they not just lose it? I could not look someone in the eye and say that with a straight face and not just lose it. It's fantastic. Uh, we got EO sky versus Meechin. Uh Meechin comes out with Candice LeRae shenanigans on the outside. Meechin gets the win and we get a kerfuffle post match. Um, Justin, you're shaking your head. Let's hear it. The ladies all tried their best. Um, they tried this crowd could not give a damn. Mm -hmm. And Part of that is on people above them. Part of that's on the crowd doesn't have a reason to care. They don't know, you know, whether it, whether you cite name change. The graphic says Meechim, but there's calling her Meechim, Mia Yim. So maybe there's things like that. And that, that might seem like I'm being nitpicky, but folks, that stuff goes a long way. Uh, of people trying mm -hmm. to, if you don't know what to call a person, how are you supposed to connect? That That's, that's kind of like a, 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 things like that. Um, I'm not trying to pick on EO Sky or um, Dakota Kai, but as I said earlier in the, with my Bailey thing, with Bailey out there, I, I just don't think there was a buzz for a week or two when they came back in the summer. It was, it was like the first returns under the Triple H era, right? And so there's kind of a little bit of a buzz. Oh, Triple H is bringing back people. But I feel like it's kind of fallen flat. I, I just, I don't, I know that I know they're the women's tag chance, but I just don't feel like anybody cares or knows how to care or why to care. And mm -hmm. I watched this match. It was, and 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 and, and it, the crowd's kind of dead. They don't care. And then <clears throat> there was a point where uh, EO had Mia Yim in a in a, in a in a submission hold, and the crowd, the the one bit of care, they started a little bit of rallying clap for Mia Yim to you know to to, to essentially hawk up, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. just as they started it. She rolled and countered it into a one-two, you know, uh, a pinfall, and so and they lost the crowd again. And it was like in that moment, I was like, "No, just hold it. They're starting to they're starting to feel for you. Mm -hmm. Work off that." It, it, the, the whole thing just again. I, I I hate to sound so negative because the, the the girls are out there trying and working. They're putting the bodies out there, but the crowd tells you what you need to know, and the crowd did not care. The, the the biggest reaction that was in this whole segment was when the match was over. Mm -hmm. was, let's yeah. move on to the next. Yep. Well, that's, I that's, think that's a problem. And Jimmy, I said something earlier. I think it, it applies to this one. Is uh, it, tell me if if you're not a wrestling fan, tell me who Meechin and Candice LeRae are. Uh, you could say a lot about that with uh, Dakota Kai and Io Sky thing as well. But mm -hmm. at the very least, you can say Bailey is like a Karen, and they're her friends. So it's okay. it's not great, but you can say that. But I feel like with like, tell me about Meechin if I've never watched wrestling before. I wish I could. I wish I could explain it to a wrestling fan to make them want to care. I like I could tell. Look, she's very good in the ring. You know, she she she's very talented. She has the ability to to put on good matches. So, but what? Tell me about her. 
Right. You know what I mean? And and that's that's where, we're, where there's no connection. And like Justin said, the crowd told you everything you needed to know tonight. And I have it written down here in capital letters, crowd quiet, because like they didn't give a flying fadu. Yeah. And I, I don't know even know if it's I'm not even blaming her in this case. I think she came back. She was like a part of the OC, but she wasn't a part of the OC. Now she's completely separated from the OC. And it, same thing kind of happened to Canada Saray, where she was there. Then she was with Johnny. Now she's not with Johnny. And there's this like, I don't really know who they are at this point. So it's hard for me to really care because I don't know who they are like. We'll move on to the Bianca Belair segments next. Like I could tell someone who never watches wrestling. Bianca Belair is a super athlete who is wildly positive and friendly and happy. And uh, she says she's the EST, the best, the baddest, whatever. I can explain that to someone pretty easily and they'll get it. Alexa Bliss, I can say, you know, she's a, uh, she's a wrestler, but she's also got this inner demon dealing with a person like, bray wyatt who is giving her these dark like thoughts and making her do things she wouldn't want to do i can explain these things but i can't i don't know meeting is someone i'm not sure if i'm supposed to call me again i don't know i don't know how i would explain anything beyond that uh so the the the, the, the jack to what you said though to be fair the everything you just said about meeting mia yim if she's with the oc she's not whatever uh Candace, she's with Johnny. She's not now part of that's because I guess Johnny might be a little bit banged up or whatever. But mm -hmm. a lot of that is 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 very reminiscent. So I want to call a duck a duck. If I'm going to be critical on Wednesday, I'll be critical on Monday. A lot of that is what I'm critical about on AEW, which is inconsistency. Mm -hmm. You know, the one minute Mia Yim is with the OC, and I'm and now, but now she's not. And what do we call her? Oh, well, they probably explain Meechin and what Meechin means in relation to Mia Yim. They probably explain it on this digital extra. But I didn't watch the digital extra, so I don't know. Well, I'm not watching this. You know, Dynamite does it all the time, or AEW does it all the time with Dark and all the other shows. Mm -hmm. It's there's just an inconsistency of not knowing. And then yeah, Candice LeRae, she's back. She's a name. She was popular at one time here. She's got her hair a different color as everybody else. I'm supposed to care, but I don't because I don't. You know, it there there is a problem there. That there is a. Um, I think maybe we brought too many ladies back too quickly and did not mm -hmm. have enough time in real estate to invest in each of them to educate the crowd as to why they matter yeah um so yeah it's a uh it, i again and, and for anyone i i have i was a fan of them on nxt i know who they are as a fan i'm just saying so i'm not i'm not discouraging them i'm just saying i think this is why a segment like this falls flat is if you don't know you're kind of wondering mm -hmm. Um, but I mentioned two people, Bianca Belair and Alexa Bliss. And basically, uh, Bianca is glad to be back. <clears throat> Alexa Bliss comes out. They say they're going to have a title match at the Royal Rumble. They fight. And right before Bianca Belair murders mm. uh, uh, Alexa Bliss, mm. Uncle Howdy shows up and Alexa Bliss DDTs her. Um, they, we're, we're at a place before their match where I, I get that stuff like this happens. So I'm not too bummed out about it. But Jimmy... I said it before. I said it again. I'm kind of over Uncle Howdy, Bray Wyatt, just sort of popping up and not doing anything. Yeah, but that's that's the whole idea now. It, it, they're trying to get you to think Uncle Howdy is it Bray Wyatt? Is it not Bray? Uncle Howdy showed up and took out Bray Wyatt the other week. You know, so so what is going on here? Who is Uncle Howdy? At? That's the whole thing. And I think in this situation, when you should be focusing on Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair. 
people are more interested in who is Uncle Howdy. Mm -hmm. It's it's taking away from the actual women's title match because now we're thinking, oh, they're going to face each other, but will Uncle Howdy have a hand in getting you know getting yeah. involved in this? So, you know, uh, there was an opportunity here to to elevate again the women's championship and make Alexa Bliss. You can still do the uh, Alexa Bliss being haunted by these demons and will we see that come out but by presenting uncle howdy physically in the in the in the shadows <laughs> or right in, in the smoke so that's what people are more interested in yeah uh justin uh maybe i is it possible i just i'm a huge bianca belair fan maybe i just don't like anyone ddt and my favorite <laughs> no i'm a huge bianca fan as well it's funny um I'm torn because I'm, I'm part of me is on Jimmy's side of this where you, you, you are taking away from what should matter here. But I also appreciate the attempt at a different presentation. It wasn't just Uncle Howdy again, entrance way. They, 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 they did it in this, you know, this corridor there in the in the building and the crowd. Um, also, I, I guess going back to the top of the show here where we're debating uh, is Triple H going to stay in charge or is Vince going to? It's kind of like we got, we got to keep Vince away from the creative so I can see the end of this horror movie. Whatever <laughs> horror movie Triple H and Bray Wyatt have agreed to that involves an Uncle Howdy and he's took out Bray and Bray's got a Mountain Dew sponsored lights out <laughs> match against LA Knight. And I got to figure out how is Mountain Dew going to be like, the like you know, in signs. It was a glass of water. That's how they all survived the aliens in the movie sign. Right. Mountain Mountain Dew is going to be the key. So I, <laughs> I got to see that, and I got to find out the 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 how the dots connect with Uncle Howdy Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy Bray Wyatt Alexa Bliss. So Vince, just keep yourself on ice until February at least, so I can at least get to the Rumble and find out how this horror story is supposed to happen. Let me see my M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> movie. Don't screw with me until then. Well, you know how it's going to happen, Justin. I, I, I realize it now. I'm surprised no one else has figured it out. Uncle Howdy's going to come out, going to take off the mask, and it's going to be Vincent Mann saying, it was me all along, Bray. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I hope he doesn't see don't, this. Part. Don't speak. <laughs> Oh my God! Don't speak things into existence. <laughs> Vince, look uh, away. Jack was joking. <laughs> Vince, like, hmm, that's a good idea. That's a <laughs> Goddamn, uh, pal. <laughs> trips, trips. Jack. Here's what we're doing. <laughs> Jack has been named to the riding team. Just, just pitch. Vince goes over. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm back, and I'm Uncle Howdy. <laughs> now i need you to join a club of mine takes off his pants and uh does the kiss my ass club again oh, uh oh my goodness. we get the um <laughs> akira tozawa wants in the rumble and he wants to have a match and adam pierce gives him one against bronson reed uh of course the story here is bronson reed of course bronson reed looks nice and strong uh jimmy i feel like the crowd was really starting to get behind akira though yeah, again, here's a, here's a young guy who, you know, was lost in that 24-7 thing for the, how long, but people gravitated towards him. They found him entertaining. They found him fun. And tonight was an opportunity to at least uh, get him some TV time. But, he, you know, 
he fell victim to the next guy that they're bringing up, the next big dude uh, in Bronson Reed. And I guess, I mean, there's a lot of guys you could have picked to give him a credible win against. It didn't have to be Tozawa, but at the same time, you know, hey, you, you kind of have a sympathy for Tozawa as well after eating that big hog splash. Or sorry, I mean frog splash. <laughs> and, and and I think Jamie, to that point, I agree with you because part of me is wondering. People kind of like Tazawa. Why would I think Tazawa is going to try for another chance next week, and he will get a second chance? I think tonight was partly let's put over Brunson Reed, but let's also get you know some an obstacle for for Tazawa. I think he will try next week, uh, and maybe with the help of a legend, even he can um, he can get his help. Like but, uh, yeah, okay. uh, indeed, indeed, uh, indeed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I like this whole this whole thing. I liked because of that potential with Tazawa, but also, you know, Bronson, we, we talked earlier, you know, I was just critique, you know, critiquing about how Yim and Sky didn't have it, the crowd. Bronson Reed is back. He's, he's, he's relatively unknown, new to this raw audience. The chops he leveled. Got that ooh and off ah in the crowd. Him going to the top rope got people up on their feet mm-hmm. to see what this guy, you know. So it, 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 he got the people invested. And again, I'm not trying to pick on the girls, but I'm just, I'm just, just pointing out he, he's in the same kind of situation of if you're an NXT diehard, you know who he is. If not, you're learning for the first time. I thought he really made the most of this. Um, so good on him. And I, you know, again, I and I love guys of his size that move the way he does. I know it's an inspiration to him. And I think the same, he reminds me of Bam Bam Bigelow. He reminds me of Vader type more, more Bam Bam. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty impressive to see a guy like that, that goes to the top rope and can do the things that he does. So uh, this, I, I liked a lot of this. And again, I walked away saying Tazawa's going to get another chance. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to camp outside Adam Pierce's door all week long. He's going to get himself another <laughs> opportunity next week. I'm, I'm watching for that. I mean, I'm not saying he should beat Roman Reigns or anything, but if he had a sneaky little fun underdog run, I'd be totally there for it. Um, I, I think I wonder with the with Bronson Reed if one of the reasons he was able to connect so well tonight is because he had to, he he went to NXT, had to make himself known in NXT, left NXT, had to go and make himself known again in like New Japan is where he was. I, I think doing most of his stuff after he left WWE. And so now he's back and he's done it kind of a couple times in a very short period of time. I wonder if he's just sort of like, this is, I know now what I have to do day one to get people to know who I am. And maybe that helped him sort of understand that. I don't know. I'm just speculating. I, here, I, I don't, I, I don't know. And, and Jimmy, I'd love your thoughts uh, for, for, for your you know veteran experience here. Here's something else I noticed with, with Bronson Reed. Um, Go back and if, if you DVR the show, go back and watch this. When he hits his tsunami splash off the top, mm-hmm. there's like eight cameras that do raw live. Mm-hmm. It was the camera that if you're watching as a viewer, if you're watching the ring, it's the camera that's over to your right. That's in it's a ringside cameraman that's in front of the commentary desk. Mm-hmm. They cut to that camera for his pinfall, the one, two, three. Well, when they cut to it. On the cameras, there's a red light. It's called a tally light. So if you're really aware of a performer, if you can, if all the things you're doing while you're trying to protect yourself, protect your opponent, blah, 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 if you can actually look and see where the red light is, that's really good on you. He must have caught that they took that camera because he splashed, looked into that camera, must have saw the red light, and he held 
stared down that camera like the camera owed him money. Mm-hmm. And he just burned a hole in it, and then and and then the, and to the director's credit, of course, they stayed with that camera, and he just burned a hole, and he started the mouth and talk of that camera. Mm-hmm. Just a little thing like that was huge. Whereas a lot of times they could be at one of the hard cameras that are positioned in the lower bowl of the arena, and and, and you don't realize it. I, well, my whole point is, I, I feel like this guy has got a great awareness of what he's doing, and I'm sure he learned some things in NXT. I'm mm-hmm. sure he's picked things up in New Japan, whatever. But he's there. He's back now and he's i think he's playing with his a game because just a little thing like that when you made an impactful splash crowd reacts commentary selling your selling their ass off for you and you're 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 staring at the viewer like that it just it 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 it, it just it's a bow on, on top of the entire presentation the entire present yeah the note where the camera is is one of the unsung things about tv pro wrestling that i think a lot of people when they watch uh like independent shows like this guy is great this guy's great that sometimes i don't think they realize is a difference of knowing where the camera is versus you can look any which way and you're okay that's that's one of the biggest things we learned even as as referees working tv and working house shows are completely two different things because you're working to the tv audience and you know a lot of the guys say, yeah, but the, what about the live audience? The live audience will pay attention regardless of what you do. When mm-hmm. you're doing a television program, you play to the cameras. You play like, uh, you, you know, you have the hard camera side, which is the sta- the two, two or three stationary cameras that they have on, uh, you know, facing the ring. And you always tor- try to lean or st- cheat that way, mm-hmm. regardless of which way you're working in the ring. And even we're told as referees, not to cover the talent on that side of the ring and block their faces or anything like that. So uh, that's a good catch you got there, um, mm-hmm. Justin. Where yeah, you know the, the guys are taught to work to the cameras, mm-hmm. and and I think uh, I don't want to say I'm not picking on anyone in particular, but other other uh, companies I think tend to forget that mm-hmm. or forget or forget to instill it in their talent that when we do for TV it's a little bit different than when we're doing a live event. Well, and Jimmy, yeah. if you, if you were working, if you were working tonight's raw, mm-hmm. if you went to do a, th- no matter where the talent position themselves for the pin, mm-hmm. if you went to do the three count, if your ass and feet was facing the hard camera, you would get chewed out. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. Big time. You need to, you need, you need to have your hand coming down to the mat and your, your, well, not your face so much, but your arm mm-hmm. needs to be facing in the direction of the hard cameras. And that's and I and I watch other companies and I see I'm staring at the bottom I'm staring at the soles of their shoes and the, and and their pants yeah and I can't see their hands unless you cut to a, a different camera I I I I I've seen it so many times too and it and it just baffles my mind sometimes and and you know and I get it you want to be able to see where the shoulders are as well is see that's the challenge you got to position yourself where you're able to see shoulders but still not get in the shot of the camera and so I got chewed up well almost chewed out one time uh because of that edict that we had where they didn't where Vince didn't want you you know blocking camera shots especially on the hard side I there was a pinfall attempt and I actually did a slide out the bottom rope under the bottom rope to the floor and counted on the ring apron beside the camera Mm-hmm. to count to three, which was the finish, rang the bell, got back in the ring, raised a hand. I get back to Gorilla, and I see the glasses down here, and uh, and I went, uh-oh. So, James, why did you slide out of the ring to make the count? I said, well, if I position myself uh, 
boss to see both shoulders, I would have been blocking the camera shot. So I figured maybe sliding outside the ring, I could still see both shoulders and count to three. Okay, good answer. Put the glasses back up, and that was it. That was like, and then Briscoe's going, go, go. <laughs> you know. Did he Why call you get, James? Yeah, James. Was it always James? Not or always. It's just, just it, like, nope. a, like a parent. <laughs> that's exactly. That's what it felt like. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be that'd be did terrifying. He, did he know your middle name? Uh, I don't corduroy. think he knew the corduroy. I don't think he knew the corduroy. That, that was a hundred thing. <laughs> chief with chief, it was Jimmy Jam. So, you know. oh man, that that would be terrifying. But yeah, the hard cam. I, I know there's some people like that ah, shouldn't matter. You can even if you don't know, there's a difference. There's a difference. Like that, yeah. even if you don't know, it matters. It matters. It does um, matter. It matters. Uh, so we get to the main event. Uh, it's the six-man elimination match for the number one contendership of the U.S. title. All the guys have promos backstage before they get to this match. Um, Ziggler is the most interesting in the sense that uh, Ali attacked him and said, do, you have my, do I have your attention now? Uh, match was fun. Rollins stomps Miz to eliminate, and eliminate him. Rollins pedigrees Ziggler to eliminate him. Uh, Omos distracts Lashley, and when Balor tries to take advantage, Rollins stomps him and eliminates Balor. Uh, Then Omos chucks Rollins. Lashley spears Corbin to eliminate him. Theory hits Lashley with the belt, causing Omos to try to slam Theory, but then he and Rollins take out Omos. And then Lashley spears Rollins and gets the win and will face Theory next week. This looks like what most of my WWE 2K matches look like, but... uh, (laughs) Jimmy, let's start with you. This one, uh, it kind of ended, I think, with the people we thought were going to be in the final two. And it kind of ended with how we, I, I feel like the result isn't that big of a surprise. But I personally thought it was really fun the way they got to it. What, what about you? No, I did. I did think it was fun. I just thought that, you know, um, let, let me put it this way. I thought there'd be a few more eliminations before the the ones at the end that came rather quickly. Because, mm. you know, especially when you're uh, trained to watch the time as, and it's coming up on, you know, five minutes to 11, there's still four guys left in the match. Boy, they're going to have to get to these finishes really quickly if they're going to hit their times and stuff like that. So you're expecting, you know, like a, a downhill roll for like, <laughs> if you know what I mean, you know. Yeah. So, so, but for most of the match, it was, it was paced very well in giving certain guys the ring at certain times to, to, you know, to do, to do their spots and do what they had to do. Uh, I think the right guy won here. They made him look like a million bucks. Even, and, they've, and even in the loss, they made Seth look like a million bucks because he got three pins to uh, Bobby's two. So mm-hmm. there's an argument for him. He says, well, you know what? Hey, hey, big man, you, you may have won the match and going on to face the champ, but I eliminated more people in that match. So mm-hmm. the, he's got an argument to go forward afterwards. So who knows? Yeah, and it was a good job, Justin. Of I feel like the other guys, like a Baron Corbin, Miz, uh, and um, who's the other one? I'm, I'm uh, Ziggler. They uh, gr- great match like this, but also losing. I mean, it doesn't really hurt that Corbin lost the match, but I feel like it was more interesting than just Rollins versus Lashley, number one contendership. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was. It, it, nobody got harmed in it. Um, to your point, you know, Seth has an argument coming out of this. Let's call it what it was. You're putting six very capable athletes out there to fill 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's what this was. 
you know, you're you're you got one more roll to go until Rumble. Rumble Rumble's a tricky show as is, right? Because you only have a couple matches beyond the Rumble match. So everything else is all everybody's going into guys and girls are going into 30 man and 30 woman rumble match, right? So stories going into rumble are tricky. So next week you have this big event or anniversary show, and they did a great job tonight as we talked about having some pivotal matches to promote next week uh, of, of the current storylines. So yeah, it's like you got to get out of this final 40 minutes, which is the final uh, three segments, probably three, three commercial breaks. Um, and, and that's what they did. And like Jimmy said, they, they held, they, they didn't eliminate guys to the very end to keep everybody as uh, you know, part of the match to keep them as able to, to share the workload. Uh, it was what it was. Um, I'm fine with Lashley versus Theory. Uh, I, I'm I'm curious to see what the booking of the match is next week. One because of the Lashley, is he going to be back with MVP? Is he not? Also, theory, theory's going into WrestleMania season here. A lot of speculation of who his feud and match could be. Maybe a a, a legend that you can or can't see. So. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's intrigue, but yeah, the ending was what it was tonight. I, I, I don't, I don't have any. I don't love it. I don't hate it. It, it, it was what it was. They did what they had to do. Uh, they're trying to get the next week, which next week's going to be big. The my time is up. My time is now. Writes itself <laughs> yeah. for right. for old theory. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, especially before the because if next week is a big show and then after that is the rumble. I mean this. It, I feel like I had a lot of downer comments here. It wasn't that bad of a show, though. I don't think it was entertaining considering what it was. Um, what about what's what? I, I was, I'd say it's a fine show. Uh, Jimmy, what about you? Overall thoughts? No, I thought it was a fun show. It had its moments, and it, you know, like obviously, it wasn't. It definitely wasn't a home run. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'd call it probably at least at least a solid double. Yeah. You know. I, yeah. I um I went so I was at AEW in LA this week and it was like a great like crowd the crowd was fantastic I don't know how I came across on TV but uh mm-hmm. really fun and like loud crowd so I don't know Justin maybe the crowd not being into about half of the show took me out of it a little bit but uh what about your thoughts Find, kind of closing closing thoughts <clears throat> I, I thought that it was an okay show it wasn't the best but definitely wasn't the worst it was the show they had to do to get to the big the go, big go home show next week. That's what it was. Um, mm-hmm. There was point again. There's 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 flaws. Uh, the Mia Yim, you know, Scott. There, there was flaws. There, I mean, that, what it is. But it, I, I I continue, especially when we're focused on what's going on behind the scenes. I always compare things to what was it like this time last year. This was a, still a better, productive three hour show for what they were trying to accomplish uh, than what it was a year ago. So I give that uh, a certain amount of merit. Um, I'm. Looking forward to next Monday show. I'm really looking forward to Rumble again with with us three. It's going to be a late Saturday night into Sunday morning. Yeah, yep. uh, it's going to be you know uh, well, especially for Jimmy now. You're on the you're on the West Coast, but it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be uh, but it's going to be fun. I think we're going to have so much fun talking about that. I hope the chat room is uh, is as lively as we will be. And again, I'd say what what we said earlier. Please, if if you are put it on your calendar. For that Royal Rumble Saturday night, put it on your calendar, watch us live, or check out the archive, leave a comment, do something, share the comments, especially comments and ratings, do something 
to let let us know and let the the world know that you're into this podcast because uh we we, we got a big 2023 ahead of us yes yeah, lots of big stuff and as we head out that way justin where can the world find you online and all the stuff you're working on at justin labar here on monday nights with triple j wednesday nights myself jimmy and isa for AEW. uh fridays mornings uh spar with labar on busted open radio on sirius xm uh and then of course like i said uh saturday rumble uh a week from saturday mm-hmm. with you too it's gonna be gonna be a lot of fun and Jimmy, how about you? Where can we hear you ranting about stuff? Oh, on all my social media platforms, you can hear me do my ref and rant uh, from Monday to Friday every, you know, every week. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, of course, here on Monday nights with Triple J, and like Justin said, on Wednesday nights with him and uh, Isa, and uh, after the Rumble. And now you can hear me and my good brother in stripes, uh, Brian Hebner, on Wednesdays uh, doing the Reffing It Up podcast. Yeah, I just started following you guys on Twitter, and I think everybody in the chat should do the same. Um, I'm assuming you're on other platforms as well. I don't know, yeah. but I, I started following you on Twitter, so yeah. that's what I'm, I'm promoting. Uh, you can follow me and all the stuff I'm working on at Real Jack Farmer uh, and at Wrestling Inc. All the shows. Speaking of, we're, uh, Raj and I are doing a uh, new show on Thursday, so we should be covering some more news there. Also, Raj and I do a show called Practical Money where we chat about all his investments and stuff like that. It's good, fun, financial advice. Thank you to everyone who joined us today, though. Tommy O, Dylan Matthews, Night One, Dream Realm Studios, Baby Ice, uh, and uh, Birdie DC, Brian Connolly, Antoine Phillips, John Millard, uh, Droy J, Peter P, Casey J, lots of people. Jeff Bailey, wow, lots of lots of names here. Ethan Cruz coming in late, by the way. Rocky, in the chat. I'm reprimanding him for coming in late. Uh, but uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. Again, like, comment, share, subscribe. Your five-star reviews mean a lot. We want to show Static Media who the best podcast is. So leave those reviews. Uh, that does it for us. We will see you guys for the NXT After Show tomorrow right here on Wrestling Inc.